Valley Point podcast in the series, Get Off Your Donkey. This week in week three, our big idea is getting off your donkey involves using my time, talents, and resources to genuinely help. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. In the Gospel of Luke, we find ourselves in a story that is very memorable. It's so memorable that just about everybody knows the title. And that is the story of the Good Samaritan. And in this story, there is a hero. And in most stories, the hero normally rides in with shining armor on a beautiful, majestic horse. And as soon as we see the hero with that shining armor on that beautiful horse, we know that instantly everything is going to get better. Well, that's not what happens in this story. Luke, the writer of this gospel and the writer of this story, doesn't exactly stick with the script. He changes things up a bit. As a matter of fact, this is what we discover. And I want you to travel with me. This is Luke chapter 10, verse 30. The writer says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to the city of Jericho. Now, we don't know a lot about this man other than he had places to go and people to see, but one of the things we do know about him is that he was a Jewish man, and he's going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's on a trip. That's what's happening here. I think he was probably some type of businessman, and he knew he had to take that trip from Jerusalem to Jericho because There, in Jericho, he's going to close a deal, or seal the deal, or create a deal, or play, let's make a deal, perhaps. He's going there for some type of deal. I think that's what's happening. But we don't know exactly for sure if that's everything that was going on there, but we know he's traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when we throw ourselves into the story, one of the things we discover is that the trip is about 17 miles. So Jerusalem to Jericho, 17 miles, that seems very doable, even back in the day. But when you immerse yourself in the story, you discover that this road is treacherous, it is windy, and it even has a nickname. It's known as the Way of Blood. And that's because it's a treacherous, windy road. It's the perfect hangout for robbers and thugs and bad guys to attack people and take everything that they have. And so as we continue to read, we discover that our guy, our businessman, he takes this trip. For whatever reason, he decides to travel on his own, which is not a great idea, not on the way of blood. And sure enough, as we begin to read, we find that he is surrounded by robbers. And he is attacked and left broken and bleeding and dying on the side of the road. It's the way of blood, all right. But as he's lying there, probably gasping for life, he looks up. This is what Luke 10 tells us. He looks up and he sees someone coming his way. And as that individual gets a little bit closer, the guy who is really hurt and struggling realizes this is a priest. That's coming my way. This is great news. Certainly he'll have a lot of compassion on me. He's going to stop. He's going to help. Today is my day. 
But as you read, you discover the priest observes, he sees the man who's broken and bleeding and dying on the side of the road, but for whatever reason, he makes the choice to walk on the other side of the road, and he passes by. He doesn't help. I'm sure our guy is feeling very discouraged, except when you linger in the story, he looks up again and realizes there's another person coming. And as he gets closer, the man who's hurt realizes this is a temple assistant. It's another church person. First guy didn't help me, but maybe this one will. And the passage tells us that the temple assistant got near the man who was injured. He saw him, but he also chose to walk by on the other side of the road. I'm sure our guy is feeling very discouraged. And then the hero arrives with his cape and his horse. Except he's not wearing a cape and he's not on a horse. He's actually riding a donkey. Now, let's just be honest. Donkeys are kind of weird, aren't they? I just kind of strange. They're a little off. And it's actually one of the questions when I get to heaven, I want to ask God, like, what happened with the donkey? It's just something's not right there. And normally when we think of the hero, they have shining armor and they're riding a majestic horse. As the guy who's bleeding and broken and dying on the side of the road looks up, he sees this. And at that point, he knows that all hope is absolutely gone. And then it gets worse. Because when he realizes who is on the donkey... He knows that he is not getting any help at all. See, the priest and the temple assistant were also Jewish individuals. And the man in the ditch was their countryman. He was their brother. And if they didn't pause to stop and help, the individual on the horse that we'll discover in a moment is a Samaritan. He is an enemy. If those two guys who are my brothers are not going to help me, certainly this individual will just keep on walking by. It's not a good day for our individual on the side of the road. No hope. No hope at all. And that's where we jump into the story. So if you have a Bible with you, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10. You can also take your smart device and turn there. We're going to start reading with verse 33 as we kind of pick up with what's happening in our story. Now, before we begin reading, though, I want to share our big idea for today. And here's the big idea. Getting off your donkey involves using my time, my talents, and my resources to genuinely help. That's what it means, and we're going to unpack that. If I'm going to get off the donkey, it requires something of me. It's not necessarily convenient. It's not always easy. As a matter of fact, most of the time, it's inconvenient and it's never easy. But if I'm going to get off my donkey and live the kind of life that God wants me to live, where helping people is just part of the fabric of what I do, and let's not forget, helping people is the best part of life, but it requires me to get off the donkey, it means I have to give up my time and my talents and my resources to genuinely help. So Luke chapter 10. We've been hanging out in this paragraph for three weeks now, and I hope you're becoming familiar with this. 
It's an incredible story. So let's look at verse 33. Here's what it says. Then a man from the country of Samaria came by. He went up to the man who was hurting, and he saw him. We're going to come back, and we're going to really peel apart that word saw in just a little bit, and I think you'll find it fascinating, because the priest saw, and the temple assistant saw. The Samaritan sees, but something entirely different happens. He had loving pity on him, and he got down. He got off the donkey. And he put oil and wine on the places where he was hurt and put cloth around them. Then the man from Samaria put this man on his own donkey. He took him to a place where people stay for the night and cared for him. The next day, the man from Samaria was ready to leave. He gave the owner of that place two pieces of money to care for him. And that two pieces probably was the equivalent of two days' worth of wages. We see the word pieces, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but this was a tremendous investment of his own money. It cost him something to get off the donkey and to reach out to an enemy, somebody that he really wasn't supposed to help. It actually cost him something. And I think there is a fair sense where it might have also cost him some of his own reputation, Because when his uh, fellow Samaritan buddies and friends discover, hey, you stopped and helped a Jewish man? What were you thinking? What were you doing? We hate each other. We don't even get along. Why wouldn't you just keep going? He probably took a hit on his reputation as well. And this just helps us to understand, getting off the donkey, it does cost. But yet he does that, and then he said to him, take care of this man. If you use more than this, I will give it to you when I come again. So I think there's a few thinking points that fall out of our paragraph here. And let me share them with you. Here's number one. The enormity of a Philadelphia Eagle fan helping a Dallas Cowboy fan cannot be overlooked. All right, you see that, don't you? All right, just keeping it real here. All right, so the enormity of a Samaritan helping a Jew cannot be overlooked. When you think about this story, there's the priest, there's the temple assistant, and then there's the man from Samaria. Of those three characters, the man from Samaria is the least likely to do anything at all. And it's interesting because as Jesus shared this story, he was sharing it to a predominantly Jewish crowd. And he begins to turn the corner a little bit and make the unlikely individual the hero in the story. And there is no doubt that as Jesus began to talk about this, that some of those Jewish people were stepping back and saying, no, 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 Jesus, do not do that. Do not go there. Stop. Oh, he did it. He made the Samaritan the hero of the story. And no doubt some of them were angry and mad and walked away because this would have been absolutely shocking to their ears. Like, this just didn't happen. It wasn't normal. See, here's the deal. Samaritans were considered outsiders in this particular day. They were viewed as ethnically inferior because they were a mixed breed of Jewish people and other people. And because they were mixed, they were considered inferior, they were considered less than 
They were the enemy, and there was no mixing. Like, people didn't share stories like this because it really didn't happen. And here comes Jesus, and he makes the unlikely individual the hero in the story. There's actually another story in Scripture, a true story that talks about some of the activity of Jesus. And one day Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman and his closest followers got next to him and began to challenge him. Like it's ever a good idea to challenge Jesus, right? But they decided, uh, they just lost their minds a little bit. Let's do this. Like Jesus is off. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. Let's help Jesus out a little bit. And so these pompous, arrogant individuals slid their glasses to the end of their nose and looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, you're helping a Samaritan woman. What are you doing? That doesn't happen here. We don't do that in these parts. And it's just kind of crazy because in our story, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus makes the hero an outsider. And when you walk through the pages of Scripture, one of the things that you discover about Jesus that is just so encouraging and inspiring is that he spent an inordinate amount of time with outsiders. Not insiders. But he spent an inordinate amount of time with those who were marginalized and pushed to the fringes of society Those were the people that Jesus conversed with. Those were the people that Jesus hung out with. Those were the people that Jesus ate with because he loved the outsider. That's Jesus, and that's good news. And here's why it's good news. Because spiritually, I'm an outsider, and so are you. The Bible actually tells us that all of us have sinned And all of us have fallen short of God's glorious standard of perfection. Like we just can't quite get there. And try as we may to stack up item after item after item or good deed after good deed or good thought after good thought, there's still a gap there and we can't quite reach God because of our problem, this sin problem. God knew about this separation and he knew about this gap. And out of his great compassion and love for you and for me, he decided to act on our behalf. And so he sent Jesus. And he came and he lived and he died paying the price for our sins. He died in our place. And now Jesus says that you can change your standing with God. You can actually change that. You can become a friend of God. You can fix the gap by trusting in Jesus alone. That's how it happens. I love the words in Romans chapter 10 that say this. If you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be saved. See, that's what Jesus does for all of us who are outsiders and marginalized and pushed to the fringes, we can actually become a friend of God because of what God, through Jesus, has done for us. And at the heart of the story in Luke chapter 10, we just discover that Jesus is reaching out to the outsider. 
reaching out to the one pushed away, reaching out to the unlikeliest of individuals to do anything at all, and lifting them up because Jesus cares about outsiders, which is all of us, and that's really, really good news. Here's thinking point number two, and that is justice grows deeper when you see people. When you truly see people, justice just grows. That's what happens. Now, I want you to think about this. There are people all around you who need you. And God has placed you uniquely where you are, in your home, in your school, in your workplace, in your communities, because there are people there who need you. The question becomes, will we get off of our donkey and will we actually do what Jesus might be asking of us? The question is, do we see it? See, justice grows when we see these needs. And I think sometimes we get in our safe little bubbles and we're just moving around and we don't see real need. It's really interesting because there's a word used here in Luke chapter 10. That's the same word for the priest, the temple assistant, and the Samaritan. It's this word, saw. And it's a fascinating word. And when you begin to peel it apart, you understand that the Samaritan saw a bit differently than the others. See, when we see the word saw, we assume, well, you know, they observed. And they could see what was happening there. And that's partially true, but this word is really rich. So it comes from the Greek word, harao. And here's what it means, because again, when we say we saw, it, you know, we observe. But there's a lot more to it. So here's what harao means. It means to see with the eyes, or to see with the mind. See, it's kind of growing a little bit here. To perceive, to know what's happening, or to see, to become acquainted with by experience. The priest saw but didn't choose to become acquainted with by experience. It's too messy. I don't have time for that. I've got somewhere to go. The temple assistant saw. Luke 10 tells us he even came near, but he didn't choose to become acquainted with by experience. The Samaritan comes along the enemy. And what does he do? Well, harao. He sees with his eyes. He sees with his mind. He perceives. He knows. And he chooses to become acquainted with by experience. Look, there are people all around you who need you to truly see. Harao. And not just look at them, but actually choose to become acquainted with them by experience. How about at work? How about in your home? How about at school? And students, there's just a world of people there that need you to see and become acquainted with by experience. They're there. What about a church? See, justice grows when we harao, when we see and we become acquainted with by experience. So let's do this. Let's engage in justice, mercy, compassion. That's a good thing. Let's give of our resources. Right? We can do that. Let's help villages in the Dominican Republic. 
And let's help those who are being trafficked and abused sexually. And let's provide clean water. That's all the activity of justice. But in doing that, let's not fail to see people. Okay? Because when we truly see people, we understand this is an individual that God created and that God loves. And that's why we get off the donkey. Not because it's good for us or it makes us feel better, although those things might happen. We do that and we inconvenience ourselves and we become acquainted with situations and we roll with the cost because this is a person that God created and this is a person that God loves. And so let's give, let's be involved in justice. That's all great, but let's not fail to see. The church people here, they didn't see. The one who shouldn't have, did. And that's why he's the hero. Here's the third thinking point, and that is there is always a cost to getting off the donkey. There's always a cost. And we have to prepare for that, and we have to get ready. Because if we want to do the kinds of things that Jesus wants us to do, if we truly want to get off the donkey, there will be a cost of some kind. Some takeaways for us today. First of all, life is better off the donkey. It just is. You know, the ride is okay. I suppose it's somewhat comfortable and convenient. But life is just better off the donkey because helping people is the best part of life. As your pastor, can I share with you one way I think you can do that. I think there's a lot of different ways, and hopefully you're beginning to assimilate and think about, okay, how can I actually implement this, and how can I actually do this? I want to share one very simple way, and that is get here. Get here on Sunday morning and smile. Shake a hand. Actually converse with people. Choose to volunteer in our children's ministry So we can have a peaceful and great time in here. Or choose to volunteer for a setup team or a teardown team. Or choose to participate in our Love Day activities like what we've experienced today. Because you're needed. You're needed. And I am constantly trying to find ways to get as many people as possible thinking about how they can use the one life that they have been given by God to make a big difference. And I think getting here is the start. See, every, t- every single time we open the doors of this place and it becomes Valley Point, there are, there are some interesting things that happen. So let me share with you what happens every time we open the doors to this place. It's happening today, by the way, as well. People walk in and sit down and look pretty good. You guys look fantastic this morning. But underneath all of that is pain and hurt. Again, people look pretty good. But the pain is there. And when we open the doors, there's abuse. And there is addictions. And there's DUIs. And there is depression. And there are marriages that are completely broken. And relationships that have been destroyed. And there is confusion And there are people who have been walked out on and stepped on and they're sitting on the side of the road and they're broken and they're bleeding and they're dying. And again, they might look like they have it all together, but they are in a world of pain and Valley Point Church exists for them. 
So you want to get off your donkey? Get here. Reach out. Serve. Help. Get involved. And in doing that, you are helping people take a next step. And you might not be the one that is actually physically pulling somebody out of the ditch, but know that you're a part of a team that is doing that. And that's pretty significant. So let me just say, for everybody who sets up early on Sunday morning, like nobody wants to do that. That's a tough job. But there are people who do that faithfully. You're helping people. For those of you who work with kids, you're helping people. For those of you who tear down, you're helping people. For those of you who brought items in for our love day today, you are helping people. You're part of a team that is encouraging people and helping to pull them out of the ditch, and that is a very significant thing, and I want to thank you for doing that. Here's the second takeaway, and that is to embrace and prepare for the cost. I've already mentioned it just costs, and that might be your own resources, that might be your time, that might be your reputation. Be willing to sacrifice all of that in order to do what God wants us to do, and that is to get off the donkey. Perhaps one of the greatest things we could do is to take our financial budgets and our time budgets and just evaluate all of that and do our very best to create some margin and space somewhere in there so that when the time comes, we see it and we're not just flying by things and we have the opportunity to get off the donkey and do something significant for somebody else and be the hero. There's a cost, though, and we have to embrace and prepare for that. And then thirdly, don't limit yourself. Okay? Don't limit yourself. Sometimes when I have these kinds of conversations, I'm just always amazed at what people do. And it's inspiring and fun to watch how, how different people respond. I've talked like this before, and I've seen people go out and serve in local homeless shelters And there are several people who do that as a part of their weekly volunteerism. And that's amazing. We need volunteers here, but we need a lot of volunteers outside of here too because the church should go. The church moves. And I think that's an amazing thing when people do that. I've seen people here at Valley Point go to other places around the world and repair and restore. I've seen people come to us and help us partner with other organizations that are helping people. All of that is incredible, and I hesitate to give you specific things to do because I want all of us to wrestle with what God is whispering into our hearts and for you to come to your own conclusions about here's what I need to do in order to be prepared and ready and to just get off the donkey. See, God's going to tell us all to do something different. But if you're looking for something specific, let me share a couple of next steps with you that I think will help. Today... We had our very first love day of the new season. And we're collecting items to take to Villa Ascension in the Dominican Republic to help the English school there. That's just a tremendous tool for them to learn the English language. We take that for granted. That's an amazing thing for them. And so we're collecting resources for them that help in the process. And then we're going to take that in October when our team goes. And we're just going to give it all away. Also collecting items for college students. And we want to send them a care package to say, you know, your church is thinking about you and your church loves you and cares about you. And we hope that things are going well as you're away from home for a bit. And we're collecting these items and we 
bring all of this in, and then we give it all away. That's what we do. And hopefully you had the chance to participate in that today. If you didn't, leave and, uh, when we dismiss <laughs> and go and get some stuff and bring it back. Or you can stop by the Bethel Road campus all week long and drop off some stuff. And I think that would be a great, great thing. See, this is a simple way. It's an easy on-ramp. This is easy. It's easy for us to get off the donkey this way. We've got another love day coming in October, and that's going to be on a Saturday where we take two hours and we gather at the Bethel Road campus, and then we sign up for different events. And then we leave the campus, and we inconvenience ourselves for a little bit, and we repair and restore and do whatever it is that these organizations need us to do. And we set all of that up, and we get organized before. But I, I love these days, and I hope that you'll set aside that third Saturday in October and consider this is another way, another way, that I can get off my donkey and do something significant for somebody else. And so every other month, we have a collection love day, and then we have a serve love day, and then we collect again, and we give all of that away, and then we're going to go back out, and we're going to serve. And then we're going to collect some more and give that away, and then we're going to go back out on a Saturday and serve. And these love days provide tremendous opportunities for us to be like the Good Samaritan, to see, to become acquainted with by experience, let me share one other opportunity that's coming, and that's our Friend Day on October the 5th. And this is something that's brand new for us. This is a way for you to bring a friend with you to church, a guest, and just ask them to come and fill the chair next to you and experience what you get to enjoy every Sunday. And that's going to be just a really fun day. We're hoping to welcome an additional 100 friends on that day. And we're going to design and put that day together with friends in mind. And I think it'll be a wonderful opportunity for you, in a unique way, to get off the donkey and invite someone to join you here and help them start their own spiritual journey. You never know what that invite to your friend might do for them. So if you're looking for, hey, how do I do this? Right? I want you to listen to what God is saying to your heart, but here's some really practical and simple ways that you can do that with what's happening right here in the next few weeks. Here's the deal. Don't just walk out, okay? Because that's kind of easy to do. And we hear information and we assimilate that and maybe it's encouraging. <laughs> maybe not. Hopefully it is. But, you know, we hear all of this and I, just, I don't want you to walk out. All right, take this and think about what God is whispering into your heart and into your mind right now. And be ready to hara'o, to see, to become acquainted with the experience. And we do all of that because helping people is the best part of life. Father, we're grateful for our time today and for this wonderful story that we are unpacking in Luke chapter 10. We've been at it for three weeks now, and God, I really think you are challenging all of us. I know you are me. To be much more intentional about getting off the donkey. God, it's really easy to stay there. And in this story that you shared so many years ago, there's a couple of people who did that. They, they just walked on by. God, they were the ones who knew. They were the ones who should have. 
They were the ones that should have been compassionate. For whatever reason, they just kept on going. They didn't really see. They didn't become acquainted with that individual. God, all around us are people who need us. God, I pray right now for everybody sitting in here in every section and in every space that you would just bring to our minds somebody in our world who needs us. God, we might not have all of the answers and we might not have all of the solutions or even the right things to say, but I believe that you have placed us there to help our neighbor. And that's anybody in need. So God, help us to take this information and be ready to become acquainted with the circumstances around us. To get in the weeds. Uh, to get messy. To give up some things, our time, our reputation perhaps, and maybe even our own finances in order to truly meet a need. God, it costs. Help us not to be afraid of that. Because if we're afraid, we'll stay on the donkey. We don't want to do that. So I'd like for you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. And maybe God's really touching your heart right now and you're sensing there is something you need to do for someone. Or maybe it's a love day activity or this friend day that is coming and you just have a burden to act. That's a great, great thing. Don't push that down. Don't ignore it as hard as it is. Just talk to God right now and say, all right, I'm here. And I want to become acquainted with people and act. Just talk to God about that. You know, maybe you're here and you're pretty intrigued by the fact that God is for outsiders. Maybe you feel that way, like just spiritually, you're, you're on the outskirts and you're marginalized because of things that have happened in your life or things that have happened to you. You're frustrated with that. You just feel like an outsider. God loves you. God cares about you. And he did something to help bridge that gap, to make it possible for you to be a friend of God. And it's the work of Jesus. He came and he died and he paid the price for your sins, for my sins, so that we could be this friend you're ready for that, you want that, I just encourage you from your heart to God's ears, just cry out to him right now. And this is what prayer is. It's just communicating with God. Just say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know it. And I believe that you sent Jesus to die in my place to pay the price for my sins. Right now, I'm trusting in him alone to save me. Trusting in Him. Thank you, and I invite you to be my leader and my forgiver. Just tell Him that. I think if that's something you've offered up for the very first time, that's the greatest decision you'll ever make in life. And God tells us in Scripture that He doesn't turn anyone away. If you felt like an outsider before, I want to say to you, welcome. To God's family, you are now his forever friend. It's a great, great thing. I'd encourage you to share that with somebody as you leave here in just a bit. 
So God, we just continue to think about all that you want for us and from us. God, I pray that you'd use this day to maybe help some of us turn the corner. Maybe it's turning the corner spiritually for the first time and embracing the leadership and the forgiveness that you offer. God, I pray for everybody who made that choice today that you would encourage them, give them boldness as they leave. God, for others that are just thinking about somebody that you've brought to their mind or just a sense of not wanting to fly by and live in a bubble and just move from one event to the other without truly seeing people that you created and you love. God, help us to act. God, I think you're desperately looking for a church, for a faith community that will think about others first, place the needs of others first, and act and go and serve and inconvenience ourselves. God, I think you want Valley Point to be that church. So help us to do that now as we go. Give us courage. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.